Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. For me, the uh, most entertaining and compelling and debatable game of the day was played in Detroit between the Lions and the Chiefs. Uh, Lions coughed up the lead in the fourth quarter, recaptured it on a big drive on a debatable play in the end zone. But maybe they scored a little bit too fast because they left time in the clock for Patrick Mahomes to go back down the field and retake the lead. But then even got a shot with a couple of Hail Marys into the end zone at the end of the game. I want to talk about the game itself and where the Lions sit with a guy who knows them well because he comes them day in, day out for the Detroit News. Uh, Lions beat writer Justin Rogers joins us here on CBS Sports Radio. How are you, Justin? I am still catching my breath and trying to wrap my head around that one. It was, I mean, you, you said a bunch of words there and it's what it was. I mean, it was just a wild, wild, entertaining game. It was uh, wild and entertaining. Yes. Both of those two things. All right. Give me, you're watching the end of the game, your press box. Are you running down to the locker room afterwards? Did you stay for those two Hail Marys that uh, fell to the ground where the Lions could have restolen the game? Oh, yeah. No, I always stay to final whistle. I got to file a game story there within, you know, probably about four or five minutes after. So, um, you know, I stayed to the to bitter end and uh, <laughs> I finished up that game story and I was like, how much stuff did I forget? I mean, it was just <laughs> I, you try taking detailed notes throughout the game and you're trying to weigh the importance of the different events that happened within that contest. And there was just so many. Uh, I guess, momentum shifting plays throughout that contest. And uh, the fourth quarter was wild, but, you know, there was so much that happened even uh, previous to that 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 was worth talking about. Okay, well, I hope they gave you a couple extra inches because you needed it after the game was over and done with. Uh, The reason why I ask that question is, what was the feeling in the stadium when the second of the two Hail Marys dropped to the ground? Uh, Annoyance, disappointment, a sense of, hey, we went toe-to-toe, one of the best teams in the National Football League, and right there to the end. What was the feeling of the fans as they filtered out of the stadium after the L? Yeah, I mean, there was there was a wave of emotion throughout that fourth quarter. You know, I think this is a fan base that's, um, I think, obviously been beaten down over the years with um, failure from, from their franchise. And, um, you know, the, the excitement was palpable throughout that contest that they were going toe-to-toe. And... Uh, it got pretty raucous, you know, with, with Kenny Galladay's touchdown that gave the Lions the lead. And it probably crescendoed. This, the, the, the loudest I heard that stadium was the fourth down the, the Chiefs face where, where Mahomes scrambled. But once he did, you could kind of feel the air slowly being let out of the balloon. You know, they stayed in it to the end. But, but after the Chiefs touchdown, you know, I think that was where, um, you know, most fans gave up. You know, there was still some, some loud cheers at, in the moments before those Hail Marys. But, Hail Marys are such crapshoot plays. I mean, how often are they successful unless you're Aaron Rodgers at 50%? Um, you know, I, I think the Lions last had one uh, probably four or five years ago now in Tennessee that was successful. Um, you know, they, they, I think the, the Chiefs touchdown was what really took most of the momentum out of that stadium with 20 seconds to go. I want to get to that Chief touchdown, but before that, you mentioned the Galladay catch. 
that gave the Lions the lead with two and change to play. The play was reviewed. I'm watching it on TV, so I am subject to get the angles that I see. You saw it live, but you've also got all the TV replays. It looked to me like his second foot came down out of bounds. It was really close. They called it a catch on the field. Was that the explanation they gave to you at the ballpark, that it there just wasn't definitive evidence to overturn it? Because it looked to me like the Lions got a little bit of a break there. Yeah, and they, you know, I think they got the the home field advantage where you know they show the the replays on the big board. But there was one particular angle where it did show both toes touching down inbounds, and you could just see that little bit of green between the light white line with Galladay's hands both extended from his body but clasped around that ball. And I think that was was really the difference maker was that 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 toe got down while the ball was in his possession. It was really interesting because. Galladay early in the game had a, another touchdown that was reviewed, and, and that one was taken away from him. It was another very close game, or I'm sorry, another very close play, and I think we're all still somewhat confused about what is and what isn't a catch. Every time I think I've got it, I don't. Um, you know, and Galladay made a, a really improbable grab around a defender, but as he was falling to the ground, you could see the ball just moving ever so slightly within his grasp. And as he landed out of bounds, that ball wasn't secured, and so they took that one away from him. So, you know, I think we always talk about football being this this game of inches that, you know, this probably wasn't the the way, I guess, we uh, originally think of that phrase, but it really ended up being that way in, in some instances that these replay reviews showed how improbably close some of these plays are that these officials are trying to rule on. Oh, the more plays that are replayed, the more it becomes a game of inches. Because you're right, it comes down to that in super slow-mo. We're talking to Justin Rogers, covers the Lions for the Detroit News up there in uh, Big D, here with us on CBS Sports Radio. All right, I, I do have a, a question on that last possession the Chiefs had. Uh, they drive it down in the field. Mahomes makes the huge play on fourth down, extends the drive, they have the pass that's completed uh, to the Pringle guy. He takes it down to the three. And the Lions call timeout. I know that they wanted to give themselves the chance, which they got, to throw Hail Marys. But Kansas City's got a timeout left. Don't you force them to use the timeout rather than you take the timeout? It looked like the Lions were going to let it run down even a little more, so Detroit jumps in, takes a timeout. Then you have the play that doesn't get to the end zone, and you decide to again call another quick timeout. Did Detroit make it easier for Kansas City? Did they not have faith that their defense was going to be able to stop Mahomes from the three-yard line with a couple of plays to go? Yeah, I think that's probably the most accurate. So, you know, as you mentioned in the um, intro, did the Lions leave the Chiefs too much time? And I think the Lions didn't want to get in a situation where the Chiefs could possibly run off every second of that clock and, and score with one second or two seconds or nothing left on the clock. They wanted to at least give themselves a shot. Um, they probably felt that you know it wasn't going to change the course of the game of whether the, the Chiefs were able to kind of have to rush up to the, the line and make a call or um, you know whether they had the timeout. I think they found the benefit in, in having the timeout to set up their own defense the way they wanted and maybe get that stop. But they did want to have that, that last offensive shot, and they did. I mean, they did get two Hail Marys. I don't think you get that opportunity in many games. So I don't think we could say that the strategy didn't work just to some degree. Yeah, I'm going to say it didn't work. I, I disagree with it, and we know what the final outcome is. You can stand by your defense of it, but uh, I'll say I think they miscalculated. I would have left it into my ha- the hands of my defense rather than playing for a potential Hail Mary, which they got, 
and they actually called the play, but it didn't end in the go-ahead touchdown. But um, here's a question I have for you. Uh, you may or may not have noticed it so far. Uh, I just added them up. 13 teams out of 30, 30 teams, because two teams can't uh, get to 2-2 uh, and two because they don't play this week, the Jets and the 49ers. So you got 30 teams out of the 30 teams in the NFL, 13, potentially 14, if the Saints lose tonight, could be 2-2. Two and two. And if you look at all 14 of those teams, some are a good 2-2, two and two, some are a bad 2-2, and some are a strong 2-2, two and two, some are a weak 2-2. Two and two. The Lions are 2-1-1. One and one. How would you describe their 2-1-1? One and one? Yeah, I mean, you look at that first game, and that's, that's a, a real disappointing one. You, you let the Cardinals that aren't a good team, certainly not yet, under a rookie coach, rookie court, uh, quarterback, come back you know, from an 18-point deficit in the, the fourth quarter. That's a, that's a bad tie. It's almost a loss. But then you go out and you, you beat the Eagles and the Chargers, and, yeah, both those teams were a little banged up heading into the, to those games. But, um, you know, I still think we think playoff caliber opponents, those are, those are good victories no matter how you look at it. Um, then you go toe-to-toe with the Chiefs. So I think at this point we could say that the Lions are a legitimate playoff caliber team. doesn't mean they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they've proven that they can go you know, head-to-head with just about any team in the NFL and, and give them a run for their money. See if you agree with me on this one. Uh, some people will think this would be a weird way to look at things. I actually was more impressed with the loss today against Kansas City than I was to win over Philadelphia, winning against a good team on the road in the NFL was always a good thing. But I thought the Eagles lost that game. They dropped balls all over the field, seven drops, and I thought that was a uh, a little bit of an underlay on the uh, overall number. I thought Philadelphia actually shot itself in the foot more than Detroit beat them, whereas today I think the loss was actually uh, something that they can build on because they almost did pull off the big upset. No, I 100% agree with you. I, I think this was uh, the best game the Lions have played by far. They went in there with a quarterback that was clearly not right. Matthew Stafford showed up on the injury report with a the hip. They kept three quarterbacks active, which is the first time I can remember Detroit doing that in years. I mean, they were they were legitimately concerned about Stafford not being able to make it through this game. Darius Slay, their, their all-pro, back-to-back Pro Bowl cornerback, was out for this contest. You take away a Pro Bowl quarterback against that passing attack with that quarterback, and you're thinking that you know, maybe the line of, of six and a half is, is pretty darn generous at that point. The Lions went toe-to-toe with them on both sides of the ball, particularly offensively. I thought Daryl Bevel, the new offensive coordinator, drew up a great game plan, really could have been a, a game plan had they executed inside the 10 on some of those positions. They could have scored 40 points easily. I really do believe that. Defensively, you know, I think you did the best you could to limit that great, talented offense. Uh, you didn't let Kelsey destroy you. Patrick Mahomes did not throw a single touchdown pass. I think he kept his completion percentage modest. They gave up one big run to McCoy, but that was it. And I think the Chiefs offense scored 27 points. Uh, obviously, they had the long fumble return, but you basically kept them under their, their season, season average of production. So, uh, you know, I, I definitely look at this as, as a building block game for the Lions. They did a lot of things right offensively, defensively, even special teams. And, you know, I think they should have a lot of confidence going forward, even in the loss, as you noted. Lions get their bye early, as in next week. Good thing or bad thing early bye for this team at this stage? Yeah, I think byes in general are are normally pretty bad early. But, you know, for the Lions right now in this moment, it's a good thing. 
as I mentioned, Stafford was uh, banged up. Um, you know, I think a, a week off to rest that that hip injury is, is going to be a good thing for him. Darius Slay's hamstring didn't look too serious. Quandre Diggs, their starting safety, also suffered a hamstring injury. Those are time injuries. You know, you need time to heal. And they've got a couple other guys that are close to getting back. And Deshaun Hand, the second-year defensive tackle out of Alabama, and Danny Amendola, the veteran slot receiver that missed today's game with a minor chest injury. So they could come back pretty darn close to, to full strength after the bye. And, you know, we all know that division games are important. Monday night in Lambeau is, uh, you know, has the potential to be another really exciting one. And if the Lions can, you know, go into Green Bay and, and pull off a win, I think that, you know, the belief will even grow stronger that this is a a good football team that's that's playoff caliber. At Green Bay, after their bye week on a Monday night, followed up by Minnesota in your town, uh, two big divisional games within the next two games for the Lions. You're right. I think we'll know whether the Lions are actually contenders or pretenders. Chances are they'll go one and one, and we'll still be debating it. But if they go two and zero or zero and two, yes, I think we'll have a good read on the uh, read on the Lions. Justin, thanks for lending your read with us today. Appreciate you coming on. Enjoy the rest of the week. And hey, thanks for having me. Anytime. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.